All right, all right, all right, guys. Welcome to the socially unacceptable but sober podcast. My name is Dino. That is Jonathan. I'm Jonathan. That is Matt. I am Matt. What's going on? What's up, brother? How you feeling tonight? Never had it so good, boys. If it was any better, I'd be twins, right? That's right. If it got any better, it'd be a crime. I'd be um, locked up for it. So what's the purpose of this podcast? The purpose of this podcast is to spread a little message. Spread a little love. Spread a little love spread of hope. A lot of love. Recovery. Spread a little love. Get a message out there for anybody who might need some help. And also get feedback from other sober people with suggestions for people that need help. Yeah. And That's what, a pretty good idea. What worked for each other, right? That's right. What's, what worked, what didn't work. So what we have for the audience tonight is... Since this is our very first podcast, episode one. Not that it would show at all that it's our first show. Yeah, I think it's going to show pretty good. So, uh, yeah, we're each going to tell you a little bit about each other. Um, give you a little tidbit of who we are, where we came from. And uh, I think Jonathan is going to start us off. Yeah, Jonathan, alcoholic addict, you know, loving it. Jonathan. Um, so I'll give a little brief overview of my story. Oh, I got the timer. Perfect. So I am a, I am a Connecticut transplant from New York, as y'all know. Um, grew up in, uh, in North Salem, Brewster area. Spent some time in Yonkers. Uh, Yonkers. Yonkers. Yeah, and I was. Way. Remember that back in the day? It's still oh, yeah. there. It's a fucking casino now. Yeah, but it used to be on TV like late night. Yeah. Oh, they, they aired it? Yep. Nice. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time there. Um, I was a spoiled young little kid because I was the oldest. My mother's one of nine, the oldest of nine, and I'm the oldest out of all the grandchildren from all those nine aunts Jesus. and uncles. So I had a pretty good, pretty good life until my cousin came around, and then, you know, shit went sideways. But, uh, yeah, so my story starts with a lot of self-esteem issues, a lot of not feeling like I fit in. Um, and, and then feeling the need to medicate. And my first drink was eight years old. And you tell that to a normal person, they're like, poor but kid, for, you know? Yeah. But Where for us, your alcohol, mom, <laughs> for us, she was at work. She was giving him the drink. <laughs> <laughs> she was at work. I'll never forget it. Me and my friend. Oh, I wish I could use his name. His name's, last, last name's name's, name. The name's the name. Doug friend. My Doug. friend. My friend Doug Friend. I don't know we're not connected anymore, but Doug Friend. Ra raided the liquor store. The liquor cabinet. Dad's liquor cabinet. Had my first first drink. And then um, from there on out, you know, it was daily drinking, eight years. <laughs> I uh, I started smoking pot then. It wasn't wasn't daily. Started smoking pot around um, age fourteen. You know, I had to buy my first bag. That's bullshit. Nobody offered it to me. I had to seek that shit out. First one's usually free. Always free, I thought. <laughs> not not in North Salem, bro. You got to pay for that. You got to pay to play. So I had the first one around 14. It took me a while to start getting high. But after that, you know, once I got that effect, life started to really take off. I managed through high school, managed uh, to get out of high school. I went to college, and I, <laughs> I'm a good drawer. Uh, so a good artist. Anyone that draws doesn't say I'm a good drawer. I like to do drawings. Drawings. What do they say, Matthew? I don't know. I don't draw. What do you do? <laughs> I don't do much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So I uh, went to school. I went to college for art as an art major. Because once I went to, once I visited college, I realized that this is my ticket, no matter how much it costs, for a four-year party. Hell yeah. That's all that. And man, was it ever. First trip on acid there. Got introduced to cocaine. Had been dabbling with some ecstasy before that. I had a summer of ecstasy where I literally took so much that I was hallucinating. I didn't even know what hallucinating was until I had my ecstasy summer, where you just take so much, those those eyes just become pennies, and everything <laughs> looks weird. Um, and uh, that's where it took off, and the, the drinking and the trouble started very <clears throat> quick. Wrecked dad's car, sophomore year of college, driving drunk home from the bars, didn't get in trouble. I limped that mother trucker home. It was a nice three series convertible BMW. Ooh. I was trying to show off for some girls. You know how it is. And uh, I hit the curb over by the Westchester Mall. And these curbs are like monster curbs. It's like a foot and a half high. And they just the granite curbs wrecked the shit. They just wrecked it. Ripped the bottom off the car. And have you ever been in an accident? Have you ever been in an accident in a convertible? Like a no. bad accident? No. They have these, you know, so airbags normally would go off, but they have roll bars that pop out of nowhere. No shit. Gas power roll bars, and those things popped up. Oh, so needless to say, those things are like eight grand a piece to put back down, you know, so that car was I didn't know that. Yeah. Never it's a heard of that in my life. Me yeah. Neither. Yeah. Yep. Never had a convertible, so. Need me neither. Yeah. I only had my dad's. You know? I actually so. did have one. It just didn't convert. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> Couldn't do it or else it wouldn't go back on. <laughs> oh, that was my first, you know, bra- brace with trouble. And then soon thereafter that, um, you know, I made it through. I had a lot of failed relationships as we do in, in college. I was a womanizer. I was uh, an asshole. I sold a lot of cocaine to the um, hockey team and the lacrosse team. They go to the national championships. They wanted a haul, baby. Fast as hell, too, man. <laughs> fastest, fastest dude in the so world. So fast. So fast. So nice. Play hockey. Nice. Um, and then after that, you know, I moved back in with the folks because I graduated four years. with, And the only reason I graduated is because they were charging me an arm and a leg. It was just a highly expensive school for people. That didn't really. That did drawings. <laughs> drawings. Drawings. I'm a hippo hyper. And so I moved in uh, with the folks again and got a job, uh, entry level job in graphic design, printing press, and I worked at a copy shop. Man, it was it was actually fabulous. You were a barista. Copy. Oh, I thought you said I coffee. Thought he said copy I thought you said too, coffee. Because you're from Yonkers, you know, fuck coffee. Up word coffee. No one says coffee. <laughs> Nobody does say cop, copy. They say copy. You say copy. I say copy. You say copy. So you were a copying machine. I was a copier, right. and I, and I hated my life. And yeah, I would have too. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> we would take weekends. We would go out to the bars, and I would just literally spend my week's paycheck for a fucking hotel room for the weekend at Heidi's Motel. Absolutely. Shout out to Shout Heidi's. Out Heidi's. Hey, Heidi. Still there. Hey. A, lot of, a lot of cocaine. done, and Probably still done there, but we'd spend long weekends there, and I'd probably miss work on Monday. But then I started dating um, a, a woman that was a bartender at a bar oh. right down the road, and that was like match made in heaven, man. I thought I was thumbs up. And it was. It was awesome chaos for you know the first few months, and then Beautiful she introduced chaos. me to... Uh, um, a little thing called oxycontin. Ooh, ooh, and this is how you. This solidified addict status for me. 
is that the first time I did it, I remember I was in the parking lot of what was Outback Steakhouse in Danbury. Had a half a pill, crushed it, snorted it, and instantly, I don't even think the, the runtime was like five seconds before it came right back up. Oh, yeah. And the feeling, but the feeling, like I, right, bleh, right out the window, and then I was like, this is good, give me the other hand. Yeah. You know? Yeah, hook it up. And that was off to the races, man. And then soon thereafter, you know, by the time the running and gunning was up, I was, you know, graduating to heroin. I was taking hostages in the, the heroin game. Um, what else was going on? I, you know, I used to remember, I used to go down the Bronx and cop uh, some some heroin with this kid. And he would go down there with me, but he never picked up heroin. He would always get crack. Good man. <laughs> and I thought he was the weirdest fucking dude. I'm like, because well, I hadn't done crack of this. I'd done cocaine, but I was like, and he drove. So we'd be driving around the city and he'd be like, <sighs> yeah. And I was like, dude, why do you get this shit, man? This looks like shit. Three years later, buddy. Yeah, baby. <sighs> Carpet surfing, you know, the whole, I was introduced to crack. It took me a little longer, but, you know, institutions, right? Uh, three DWIs, first DWI stopped. <clears throat> Uh, wasn't that bad actually? It wasn't that bad. Third one, <laughs> third one's the, the wicked one where I rolled the car on '87. That was, that was a rough one. Um, where are we at? Eight minutes? What are we doing? Fifteen? Plenty. All right. So, so uh, where was I? DWIs. Number three. Number three was the worst, right? So that one is a little down the line. That one was coming. So I pulled one of those geographicals. I moved up to the Catskills. To just get away. I was actually at the point I moved into the, the up to the Catskills. This was the, this was a status of my life. I had been kicked out of my mom's house. I was uh, t- a temporary living in a trailer, like uh, you know, a pull behind trailer in her horse field. So you're saying you lived in a nice house. <laughs> you're doing big things. Big, big things. things bro. No, no running no. water. Nice. No electricity. Yes. Middle of winter, and I was cool with that. And I got kicked out of that. <laughs> Yeah, we're good. But I still had outpatient. You know, bad. this time I'd been to several treatment facilities, and obviously they didn't do the trick. So I was kicked out of there, and I was, but I was still an outpatient. So I was like, all right, well, I'm doing something, you know. And uh, I, I was, <laughs> I was in the outpatient sleeping on this dude's couch in Mount Kisco when this other dude, this older dude, um, a disbarred, what I think allegedly disbarred attorney. Um, suggested to me, hey, I got a, I got a summer house up in the Catskills, man. Why don't we just get out of here? I was like, sounds good to me, dude. I'm living on a couch. You got a bed in it? Yeah, it's got a bed. So I just put, and I was about to get kicked out of, uh, I was about to get kicked out of that, that outpatient because A, I was banging one of the girls there that I was programming with. And B, I was smoking crack like every third day, trying not to piss hot, which was impossible. Yeah. So up to the Catskills we went. Um, so I'd been living up there five years. The one good thing that came out of the Catskills is my now wife, Ashley. That's where I met her, ski resort. And I stayed sober for a little bit. You know, I worked alcoholically up there. Um, I, I say dry. I should say dry. I wasn't sober. I was dry. I just wasn't using drugs. Um, and I had got just gotten off probation. We decided, the two of us living in the Catskills, that I was going to move back down to, New, to downstate New York. And Ashley was going to come with me. I moved back down. I got a job at uh, DeWalt, Stanley Black and Decker, doing graphic design and video editing. And my boss, I love him to this day. Um, 
is an awesome man, and he's he is he's a inspiration. But he uh, he hired me, and I I was down here I think for like seven months, six months, and Ashley was transitioning to come back down, you know, come back, move down. Yeah, moving. Oh. What are you doing, man? Nobody's gonna hear you back there. You commentary, probably better off. <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, so so. I got in a fight. I had a motorcycle at this time, dude. I had a I had bought a, a, a 1982 Honda Saber off of a diabetic that couldn't hold it up anymore because it was so heavy. I bought it for 250 bucks. I freaking love it, man. And I got it running. So now I, I trailer it down, you know. I'm fucking doing big things. I'm working. I, at this point, I'm drinking daily. I'm going. I'm anticipating the fights with my mother because I'm living with her. And I'm drinking nips on the daily. I'm taking the motorcycle out. I mean, this thing would go like 90. I'd get to like 90. And the thing was like, and I was, you know, I'm head drunk. So I'm just making it. I, drive, I used to go run and get drugs in this thing down in, in my planes. Tip the thing in the middle of the road. People would stop their car to lift it up with me because I'm stopping traffic on this, this fucking bike with my book bag, my fun bag, you know. So at this point, I got in a fight with my mother. It was it was ten o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, and I'm blasted. You know, I'm right ripping roaring. I just dropped the bike in the backyard, and was, and she's trying to get me to I give him. Park that thing. I just drop it. <laughs> Fuck a kickstand. Yeah. Fuck it. Just lay it down. So I, uh, I I go to get in my car because I'm like, "Fuck this! I don't need to take this. I got a girl up in the castles. I'm out of here, bro." Yeah. I get in the car. She try, doesn't succeed in getting the keys for me i get in the car i start traveling north i get my dog thank god he made it through and i get like maybe five miles on uh, interstate 87 before i flip the car four or five times you know doing 65 miles 70 miles an hour on on 87 pull out of the uh i, I crawl out of the the windshield upside down some nice pedestrian had got my dog thank god Cops came. They didn't arrest me because it was so. It was such a mess. I went to the hospital, spent a night in the hospital. And you think that would be it? That was it? Nah. I got. I was facing jail time, which I didn't do. But I got. Um, I got five years probation. Took my license, obviously. And they could uh, have it. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> Driving anyway. I, I, I got nothing to drive. <laughs> and uh, that wasn't the. That wasn't the start of my. You know, that wasn't the start of my sobriety yet. I had some more pain and suffering. But it came to a point. My my pinnacle was a couple of years after I'd met some some of you guys in the rooms and the programs and knew that help was there. I just wasn't like you guys. I wasn't I didn't need any of this. You were you know? unique. Terminally. Yeah. Terminally. Absolutely. Until it got to the point I woke up out of a blackout. We were moving. This is how awesome this program, this recovery joint is. We were moving and I was so stressed out over moving. Now I've done this like six times from one house to another that I got a uh, just blasted I knew it was too late to piss clean for probation, so I just kept going. And uh, I woke up out of the blackout. Ashley's gone. My dog's gone. The house is a disaster. It's gone. It's all gone. All gone. All the windows are shattered. Nice new flat screen TV shattered. And I was like, you know what, dude? I'm just, I'm a, I'm a pain to everybody else. I'm just kill myself, you know. But before I kill myself, I gotta get the courage to do that. So back to the liquor store. Ashley reminds me that she was actually home. She was gone when I first came to, but when I got back from the lake, she was actually home. I got a fishing rod and I went down the lake and I was like, "What this? Yeah, I'm gonna come." I said, "Blacked out again, real quick, you know, because once you slip in, you're you're just yeah, teetering in, in, in and out, in and out, in and in." 
And one of the guys from the program found me, um, brought me to the hospital. You know, my wife found me and, and, and the guys from the room found me. They all took me to the hospital and, and uh, my mother, bless, you know, God bless her for all the shit I put her through. Bring me to the hospital, blood alcohol level through the fucking roof. I think I was like a 0.45, like real up there. Detox. And I started my journey, man. They were like, listen. You never want to feel this way again. There's only one thing you got to do, not drink, you know. And I did it. So that's that's how I started, man. And that that was May 5th, 2019. So I'm nice. over four and a half years on my journey in recovery. And I wouldn't trade it to, for the fucking world, brother. You never had it so good, boy. Never had it so good. So, that's my, so good. that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Look at that. 15, 17 seconds over. 17, 17 seconds. seconds. How am I going to beat that? Mm. I'll end with this. I'll end with this. <laughs> My name's Dino. I am an alcoholic and a drug addict and uh, an old dumpster fire, and I'm not anymore. Mm. Uh, born and raised Waterbury, Connecticut. I am 52 years old. I'm the oldest of three boys. Um, you know, I didn't really have a bad life. I didn't mm. have a bad upbringing at all. Mm. Um, really good folks. Gave us everything we needed. A lot of things that we wanted. We had a really good life. Um I went to church. I went to Catholic school. I was a good boy. I was an A-plus student. Um, I was doing everything right, heading in the right direction. You were an A-plus student? I was an A-plus student, man. I was. I used to be smart. S-M-R-T. <laughs> don't do drugs. Um, and uh, yeah, don't do drugs. That's <laughs> definitely bad. Drugs are bad. Drugs um, are bad. So, uh, you know, all that stuff was great. Upbringing was great. Mm. Um, it wasn't until around 11, 12 years old where I kind of pinpointed a lot of things that started heading in the wrong direction in my life, which was when my grandmother got sick. Mm. Me and my grandmother were home homies. We, You could not separate us. We were best friends. She was everything to me. I was everything to her. I was the first grandson, first grandkid. <coughs> oh, um, what? Me and you got that in common. I was the first kid. The first. Man. Yeah, spoiled brat. Um so she got sick and you know three of us three of us <laughs> it's crazy um yeah that's pretty wild i just thought about that we're all spoiled brats cool <laughs> that's, that's, sorry, that's... Yeah. we're all the first spoiled brats in our family yeah um so you know going to church i believed in god and all that stuff and you know i was told that you know you ask god and god will give and ask mm. god and ask god so i was constantly asking my god of my understanding at the time to save my grandmother. Yeah. I, I don't want her to die. She's yeah. really sick, you know? Yeah. And uh, I remember the night my mom came home one night from the hospital. They were kind of trying to keep me and my brother separated at the time from that whole situation. They didn't want to traumatize us, which I could understand. I appreciate it. Mm. Um, but she passed away. And I remember just feeling the rage, like rage in my body, like hot. Mm. Like my chest was like... And I instantly right there and then stopped believing in anything that i've ever been told and like we're like everybody has lied to me my whole entire life like i asked every single night every single day all day every day yeah please don't take her get her well and i figured it would just happen because i was told you just ask god and god yeah, will provide, god will provide it, you know? yeah um so yeah that that screwed my head all up and then uh you know rebellion came right in right away the overconfidence of youth that like you know we talk about in a lot of the rooms that we go mm. into um stuff like that and i started just doing crazy stuff um you know m my mom was not one of those moms who let us out at night to hang mm. out on the street but if my mom was out 
my dad would i'm like dad can you can I go ride my bike in the neighborhood and he'd go yeah sure go ahead and i remember like going down the street and just knocking over garbage pails yeah. and like mailboxes just like smashing in the mailboxes ripping garbage parts acting like a maniac yeah um, i think i was just releasing some rage man um we ended up going to italy my father took me and my middle brother to italy and uh we were there for a month <clears throat> when we came back we lived in a different town <laughs> my parents built a house didn't even tell us about it didn't say hey when we come back you guys are gonna live in a different town and we built this new house in Woolkid, connecticut so on our way back from the airport that's when it was broken to us hey by the way we're not going back to circular avenue in waterbury anymore we're going to Woolkit. Mm. i'm like what is it? what do you mean like what about school what about my friends and we ended up moving into this house and at the time it was just me and my um, one of my brothers because my my youngest brother wasn't born yet. At the time, we were break dancers. Oh, that was oh. the thing back in the day. Oh. I had a huge boom box and all that stuff. Now the and it was very acceptable in Waterbury, Connecticut, but twenty minute drive into Woolka, Connecticut, back in the eighties, that was not cool with them. Um, they did not like us. Uh, <laughs> it was a hard life, man, for the first year in Woolka, Connecticut, man. We <laughs> that sounds like a step up though from Waterbury. It's a huge step up. But not if you don't want it. Yeah. Not if you don't want to. Yeah. You're settled, you know. So, you know, it's me and my brother. We are shell to Adidas and our Kangos and our big box and our cardboard. And we're breakdancing in the driveway. And we start school. And nobody likes us, man. Like, <laughs> nobody likes us. Wow. Uh, we are not getting any friends. We're not making any friends. Uh, we're like, we're very miserable. Very, very miserable break people. breakdancing didn't Bullied. buy in crowd? Nah, man. We just, me and my brother, were best friends, man. We didn't make friends there. No choice. We didn't have yeah, a choice. It seems like the options so, uh, were limited there. You know, um, <laughs> bullied every single day, um, getting into fights every single day, every single day. We, me and my brother would have scratches, scuffs, black eyes, bloody knuckles because we ain't punks. We're fighting back. Um, we were getting bullied all the time. And uh, I felt like we had no chance there. Like, And uh, we would cry to our mom, like, we're, I hate it here. I fucking hate it here. Um there was these two bullies that they used to steal my bike all the time and put it up in a tree. Um, there, there was really <laughs> nothing else to do. Right they led. They stole my bike almost I, almost every other day. They would put it up in a tree, watch me oh, try to climb this tree. I'm from Waterbury. I don't climb you trees. Um, what the hell was that? What the hell was that? Oh, you want to fuck with me? You, you fucking fuck with me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to get some sides. So. <clears throat> Watch me climb trees. Like again, I'm from Waterbury, dude. I don't tr climb trees. I can yeah. do fences, but I don't climb trees. So last last time they did that, uh, uh, I would climb the tree to get my bike, and I get down there laughing at me. I'm like, "Fuck you!" And blah blah blah. And they tackle me. They start whooping my ass, and uh, they lit up a joint, and they were trying to make me smoke it. Uh, Twelve years old, um, lit up a joint. They were holding me down, noogies and all that stuff, and I thought. That if I just took a and just let it out without inhaling, they would just leave me alone and let me go. Because, you know, my mom and dad told me my whole entire life, do not hang out with people like that. Do not do drugs. These are really bad for you. Yeah. You'll die and all that stuff. So that wasn't good enough for them. They actually made me inhale it, made me hold it in. And to be honest with you guys, by, by the time that joint was halfway done, I didn't have to hold me down anymore. <laughs> and I was like, guys... Let me get some more of that shit, man. I'm smoking and I'm loving it. I love the way it feels. And again, I go right to, wow, they've been lying to me my whole life, man. My oh, mom's yeah. been lying to yeah. me. This is amazing. I'm not dead. I'm not in a, I'm not in jail. I'm not this and that. Yeah. 
dude that was the uh the beginning of the end of the a plus student the good kid the kid who went to to, to church and all it was the end because the very next day I stole $80 out of my mom's pocketbook wow. and went and bought an ounce off of those kids that wow. were bullying me. And now me and those bullies are boys. BFFs. Those bullies just became my boys. Oh, wow. Um, and that's how my whole entire active life has been, man. It's been nothing but all I want to do is get high and drink. That's all I want to do. I drank shortly after that. I drank a, a liter of Anazette. That was, nice. that was the first time I really, really drank. You know, we had wine as Italians and all. Dude, I threw up all over the house, dude. All over the house. The whole liter I drank, too, with orange crushed soda to chase it. Oh, delicious. And I'm Italian, so you know I had a belly full of macaroni, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was brutal, but I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. It took me out of everything. Um, I loved it, and that's all that has ever mattered to me my whole entire life, my whole entire active life. That is all that's ever mattered to me was more. More, 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 more. And, you know, from the marijuana, went to the LSD. And from the LSD, went to the other things and then the other things. And then, uh, you know, I was getting in a lot of trouble. I wasn't getting good grades. And all this stuff started was just not good. And my mom said, we're moving back to Waterbury. You're getting in too much trouble over here. <laughs> Great idea, Now, mind Ma. you, dude, I'm getting on my BMX bike and going to Waterbury every day to cop better drugs to bring them back to Wolcott to disperse it amongst my boys now. Disperse, so, so, sell, so make a, make a little, you, you little, could call it disperse, but I wasn't selling top. shit. Yeah, yeah, I was just giving it because it was a way to make friends too, dude. Hell I yeah. needed friends, man. You know, social. I was trying to fit in. Um, if alcohol was a social lubricant, what would you call pot? A social, social smoke, social smoke, social, social leaf, social smoke. All right. So anyway, we moved back to Waterbury. We moved a block away from Fairlawn Park. And I am originally a Fairlawn boy from Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, they moved me right to the park that I would go to almost every day on my BMX from Wolcott to hang out, cop, go back to Wolcott. So they moved me two seconds away from my sources. Um, they hooked it up, baby. I went. Uh, I got a job at TJ Maxx. That was my first real job. I had little odd and end jobs here and there throughout my, my uh, young career. I ended up working at TJ Maxx. Um, at the same day I started there, this other dude started there. This other guy, Randy. I'm going to say his name. <laughs> Randy. Randy. Just got out of prison. He did a dime. <laughs> just got out of prison. We got a janitor's job at TJ Maxx, and we're both started yeah. that day, and we're in the office uh, in the break room, and he's like, yo, man, you want to make some real money? Hell yeah. I said, fuck, who don't want to make real money, man? Yeah. He's like, all right, tell you what. You're going to take these things. You're going to hand them out to all your friends, and he hands me a bag of jumps, the red caps, the, the black caps back in the days. I was like, okay, like, how am I going to make money? He's like, just do that. So I did that. I would go to Fairlawn Park. I'm like, here, guys, take this stuff. This is my boy at work. And everybody's like, hell yeah, hell yeah. <clears throat> Next day, same thing. I hand it all out. Next day, he goes, now they're $10 and these are $20. I said, all right, man, do that. Um, meanwhile, I am drinking like a fish, smoking weed like a fish, taking a lot of LSD, man. Huh? Huh? Fish smoke a fish lot of weed. weed? You never seen this fish smoke weed? Yeah, bro? you ain't seen. You that? ain't done enough drugs. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Back to the red vial. What were the vials? They were called 
Caps, like jums. Jums. Jum. And the caps. J-U-M, jums. What is Jimmy it? Jams. They were vials. They're just vials of crack. Yeah. Oh, crack. crack. Yeah, that was when crack oh, was crack. crack. You sound like oh, crack. Oh, I never got crack and vials. Crack. I didn't nah, get the fucking vials. You're, you're too young. Well... Yeah, they stopped that a while back. Yeah, yeah sometimes you might find some somewhere. Mm. That's what I heard. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, so you know, getting high all the time, getting high all the time, and now I'm 15 years old, man. I got an unbelievable amount of money in my pocket all the time. I think I'm a baller, bro. I got a car. I got a. Uh, uh, I can't remember the year. It was a Plymouth Grand Fury station wagon. It had the six headlights in the front. Nice. We used to call it the Holiday Roll because it looked like the um, Holiday Roll. Yeah, the paneling, yeah, with the paneling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. baby. Uh, ho- uh, oh. Shout out Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase. Chevy Chase. So uh, yeah, um, and that's how it rolled, man. Very arrogant. And then I got curious as to why. My bedroom looked like TC's pawn shop. Like I had doubles of stereos and like VCRs, jewelry. Like people were just, people were coming to my school because I changed schools by that time, obviously. I'm in high school. And uh, people were coming to my school that didn't go to school asking for me in the office saying that there's a family emergency. That's and hilarious. And I show up and I see this girl from the block and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, yeah, your aunt's real sick. They got to go to the hospital. It's crazy. So Yo, I got real 16, curious, man. 15 selling crack? 16, yeah, 16 years old. Were you smoking it yet or no? Not yet. Uh, you just had the oh, red vibe. I was doing, I was doing some, I was doing some dope right though. Now. I was uh, doing some uh, dope yeah. though here and there, uh, popping a lot of pills. I was doing everything but smoking crack. See, you know what doesn't compute for me? If you have the drug, like even distributing it Why and not consuming it. it. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what part, missed my yeah. part. Well, I did it eventually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, around 17 years old, I got real, real, real curious as to why all these people were going crazy over this shit. So I tried it. And what I did was I put it in a corn pipe. Because oh. that's where I used to smoke my weed out of. Because I was old, a baller. Also, I smoked pipe. weed out of my corn pipe. Corn pipe. My corn. T- with no ashes, no nothing. I just threw a jum in there and I... I'm like, dude, this shit just melted. Yeah. I don't even have smoke, man. So the next day, this kid hits me up. He needs a 50. So I go up to his house. And I, I'm watching him do it. I'm like, yeah, how did you even get smoke out of that? Where's your corn pipe at? Yeah, no where's corn the corn pipe, pipe at, bro? He goes, oh, you did it wrong. Let me show you. Yeah. It was a wrap, bro. That's a wrap. I blew out that first hit. The only thing Woo! I ever sold after that was everything I ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's Woo! how it went, man. Crack cocaine, Jack Daniels. Um, that was all that's ever mattered to me. My family never mattered to me. No women ever mattered to me. My kids at the finally ended up having kids. I don't even know how that happened. Um, it just completely just took over, and I didn't give a shit about nothing else except for getting high and smoking crack and drinking, and and I didn't give a shit about anybody else, let alone my own self. Um, July 9th, 2013 is my sobriety date. It is the day that I actually got the thorough ass whooping that I absolutely needed. God showed me that I am powerless over alcohol and drugs, people, places, things, situations, Mm. and that I need help, and I constantly need help, and I need his help, and I need these guys' help, and I need everybody's help. Um, I am not SMRT anymore. Um, I can't do this alone. I surrendered. Uh, July 9th, 2013 is my sobriety day. I've never had it so good. My life is absolutely amazing today. People would kill for the life I have today, Um, and at one point, I wanted to kill myself. Um, so I hope this message uh, was able to relate to somebody. I don't know, uh, but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But we have a lot more for you, so Stop don't whining. Worry. Sit tight. Stop whining. Stop whining. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who? This soundboard is out of control. There's like way too many. I'm trying to. 
plan it and throw a little jip in there for us. You nice. know, nice, a little funny. Well, how's it? How do you fuck you think it's working? I don't know. Not that fucking great. I need a vacation. <laughs> Trust me. Are you ready to stop fucking around? I don't know. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Matt, alcoholic. Matt, yo. Of course, I'm a drug addict too, but I just keep it simple. Identify as alcoholic. I can remember you? first getting involved in meetings and you hear all these people with all these different labels and titles of how they like to introduce themselves. And I remember hearing an old timer say, you know what, man, for me, it all falls under the same umbrella. Mm. It started with alcohol. Mm. It ended with alcohol. And everything that I did while the alcohol was flowing just went right along with the way things went. So, you know, I am a fan of keeping it simple. And uh, I just identify as alcoholic. I'm from Waterbury. Uh, like my two brothers here, uh, I was an only child, so only only son to my mother and father, my grandfather's first grandchild. Uh, and anything my mother said no to, my grandfather said yes to. Mm, that's right, Daddy. So I would make sure that we saw my grandfather on a regular. On the reg. Um, my parents were hardworking people. And, um, you know, I, I did a lot of growing up in my neighborhood. I had a lot of babysitters because my parents were busy. They provided well, but they had to work for it. And uh, <clears throat> they, they were not around a lot because of that. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't uh, have the woe is me on, on that thing. I, I was very lucky, very fortunate. They gave me everything that I wanted. They gave me everything I needed, and then they also provided everything that I wanted. So I was spoiled to death. And uh, It's a common thread around here. And the way that I behaved would demonstrate that also. Uh, you know, and, and that took many, many years to even identify that as a child, my behavior was off the charts. You know, uh, I got suspended for the first time in third grade uh, for... Fighting a kid, you know, uh, got suspended in fourth grade, pulled a knife on a kid. Uh, and it wasn't because, like, I'm this, you know, wannabe killer with a knife. I was an idiot kid who brought a knife to school and just tried to show it off to someone. And they fucking went and told on me. Like, I pulled a <laughs> knife on rats. a kid. Fucking yeah, it was crazy. Rats. So, uh, you know, that was the precedent for me in school. Uh, I was the... Uh, Every single report card, you know, the teacher used to write a little note, and, and I was always the kid who uh, never showed full potential. Does not play well with others. <laughs> you know? Oh, Matthew could do so much more if he only applied himself. Mm. You know what I mean? I was applying myself to a whole lot of other things, and none of them were good. You know, none of them were good. Um, first drink... Eight years old. Nice. Uh, and, and it wasn't raiding right the liquor cabinet. It was my parents had a party. There was empty, you know, half drinks on the table. And I'm just sipping with my little friend. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing it. Was it Doug friend? No, Doug friend. I don't uh, even know a Doug. Was it my little friend? I thought maybe. You know, his name Randy? He gets <laughs> was it Randy? <laughs> was he just out for doing uh, a bit? His, his name was Michael, actually. <laughs> Michael. Ironically. The Michaels. But, um, you know, would I say that I woke up alcoholic? Well, I was probably alcoholic right out the gate because of just my behavior alone. Um, but it took a while to get the 
other things into my system to really identify as, as a true alcoholic. But I was an alcoholic through behavior at a very young age. And then uh, the first time I smoked some weed, mm. I was probably like uh, 13 years old. A buddy of mine stole it from his older brother. We hit it up before we got on the bus. Man, that was the best day of my life. Hell yeah, baby. Best day of my life. And, and I didn't know why. You know, I can tell you that I remember growing up and, and feeling like lonely all the time. You know, I would see everybody in my neighborhood had multiple kids in the house. And then you come to my house and it's just me. Hmm. So I was always trying to like be at someone else's house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know why, man. I just never felt, you know, the old, that old saying, it could never get right. I just never felt right. Mm, can't get right. Can't get right. And, you can't uh, get right, boss. So I think that I always had an emptiness in me that I was trying to fill um, and had no idea even how to try to fill it. Um, I, I'm Jewish. Of course, I know I look it. I was brought up Jewish, and and I don't know that I ever even really contemplated the idea of God. Mm. I don't think that I did. I know that I went through the motions. My mother said we got to go to synagogue. I went. You know, we were not religious at Mm -hmm. all, but we went when we needed to go. Uh, Fill an ignorant person in. This guy. Yeah, I figured that. What? <laughs> what is the? Yeah, the look of their yeah, yeah. Is it the glasses? Is it the velour? What is the Jewish belief in God? What is their the Jewish religion of their view of God? God is God. The Messiah has yet to come for the Jews. Just the only difference, no Jesus yet. No Jesus. Jesus hasn't little shown baby up. Baby Jesus, he hasn't been born to the Jews. Lord and baby Jesus. Little sweet baby Jesus. Mm. But um, you know, none of that mattered to me, and and I don't think you know every family, you know, whatever religion they had going on. I don't I don't think it was so evident, so paramount in in, in daily life. You know, I think everyone was just doing their thing and, and we did ours. I don't will never say that after I took the first drink I thought about a drink. But after the first time I got high, I thought about getting high. Mm. And then it was about Hey, did you did you find your brother's stash? Like every day, mm-hmm. like I'm wanting to know where we're going with this. Yeah, and uh, plan it out, baby. You know, man, I'm you know, always getting in trouble, always getting suspended from school. No real trouble, but you know, suspended from school. Being a, my, you know, my I guess the best way to describe me is that I was always a disappointment. I always managed to disappoint somebody, some kind of way, all the time. You know, and. Uh, and always thinking, what's the big deal, man? Oh no, I'm just trying to do me. Ain't hurt nobody. I ain't hurt nobody. Come on, man. You know? Everybody needs uh, to relax. And then, you know, the horrible. I'm 15 years old. My parents get divorced when I'm 13, and uh, 15 years old, my father overdoses, and I was not prepared for that. I don't know that any child no. ever is. No. But, you know, the, the silly little childish idea, like, to me, he was Superman. Yeah. I didn't realize how far down the scale he had gone in his own life. Mm-hmm. To me, he was the man, and that was it. And no one could tell me different, you know. And 
you know, sadly enough, he mistreated my mother, uh, and I paid attention to that, to know how to miss. I didn't know how to treat a woman. I knew how to mistreat mm. a woman. And um, a lot of the things that he taught me, whether directly or indirectly by what I saw, I needed to unlearn and re-educate a lot of my life. We call that we call that generational trauma in my I line think. of work. Thanks. Well, you know what, bro? Keep all that. <laughs> generational okay? trauma. Uh, no, I heard that. Word I have today. heard that also. Aaron, uh, my <laughs> Just wife, now? Today, I heard that. Shit. I've heard it a while ago. My wife introduced that to me, actually. Um, so, you know, he dies, and, <laughs> and I don't know how to handle it. And I'm off the deep end. And now I'm getting high every chance. I still have yet to really drink. I'm only still on this weed thing. And uh, that summer that he died, me and my boy John, we we uh, got our little bit of money together. There used to be this packet store. Remember Universal Packet Store on North Main? No. Nah. Anyway, there used to be this packet store, and they sold to underage kids. They didn't care. And we got this case of Schlitz ponies. Oh, yeah, baby. And they sat up in the attic for a couple of weeks. Nice and warm. Nice and hot. <laughs> hot beer, baby. We put them beers down, and, and I drank till a blackout. Mm. I drank till I was puking out the second-story window all over the car below, and mm. uh, and that was my first drink. Good times. And it was a good time. <laughs> Glory and days. And I woke up feeling like shit and couldn't wait to do it again, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and that was the beginning of the end, really. Um... And, you know, I, I really thought that when I was going to tell my story that there really wouldn't be much of this war story type of stuff. But I believe that throughout our time together that there will be a lot more concentration on the sobriety and the evolution of life that comes Absolutely. from who we started out as. So it's just good to get, you know. Yeah. I, I can remember, like, there's times that I would tell my story and someone would be like, man, I can't believe you said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> today man you know yeah. I, I can remember being full of shame for a lot of things right and today i don't carry shame for who i was i was a lost ass kid man i'm trying to find my way mm. and and i wasn't doing a good job of it that that's just it you know i don't know um many people that start out like us that just snap their fingers and they get it together you know, yeah. it seems like there's always a common thread of what we go through uh, and, and how we wind up here. And, uh, you know, I went through, right after my father died, uh, the cocaine came into play. And every other drug that you could imagine came into play. And, and I really had an affinity for cocaine. Mm. I like to go 100 miles a minute. I don't like going down. I like going up. Cocaine's and, uh, a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. Mm. It's delicious. <laughs> Show Charlie Murphy your titties. <laughs> so, you know, man, um, I always always fancied myself as a, a good drug dealer. And and I know that because I sold some of the best shit around and I did it all. Nice. <laughs> you know, but you got to test out your own product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, mean? I got to know what you're selling here. You, you got to know what you're selling to your I customers. I remember bagging up all this stuff and then the next day waking up and all them baggies are empty <laughs> on the floor. You know, didn't make a nickel. Damn, I sold out. <laughs> sold out to myself. <laughs> but you know, man, there are a lot of regrets from the things that I went through, <clears throat> the things that I've done, 
But at the same time, it's hard to regret what allowed me to be put in the position to become who I am today. That's right. So I, it, it, that's a real double-edged sword for me. I feel bad about the things that I did, but I can't really say that today I have that much regret for it. Mm-hmm. Do I wish that some of the people didn't get hurt the way that they did? Mm. That I didn't do the things that I did? Yeah, man, I can absolutely say that. But at the same time, all of those things were paramount to get me ready to be in the position to not have another missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that was really the, the bottom line of my life. If you summed it up in one sentence, I was nothing but a ball of missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. You know, I started going to rehab early. Mm. Um, my, my arrest started right around that same time, 15, 16. And that continued... I found myself with MYI, the youth facility here in Connecticut, you know, and um, and I can remember thinking, I mean, I don't really belong here. <laughs> I think something is drastically wrong, and and there was nothing wrong. If you do things that aren't right, they got a place for you. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a place for you. And I needed to continue to test those waters, and, and I found myself giving the state quite a you know quite a number of years, and. Um, but, you know, when I look back at it, it really just was saving my life. Really, you know, you always hear people say, I got arrested. I was the guy that was getting rescued. Rescued, that's because right. Because without a doubt, man, I was heading for that's an early f- grave. That's the first time I heard that. A rescued. Oh, rescued. Stick around. Okay? Stick you're, around, you're, bro. Keep coming. You're young in this game. <laughs> stick around. A rescued. Um, and then, you know, man, a, a history of in and out of the prison system. A history of in and out of horrible relationships. Uh, a history of stealing love and breaking hearts. Mm. Uh, a history of manipulation of people. Master. If, if I even thought that you liked me, you didn't even need to love me. If I thought that you liked me, I'm, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you for everything that I can. Mm-hmm. Because my disease had no limits, you know. And then uh, one day I woke up and I was doing another bid and... I said, man, there's something, there's something that's got to change here. Something's got to change. I did not believe in myself yet, but I, I did know about this program. Hmm. Uh, and then, like I said, many times had the option to get involved, and I chose not to. And then um, every time you're in a facility, they always say, the day you get out, Hit a meeting. Get to a meeting. Hit a meeting. Raise your hand. Introduce yourself to the group. And I never had time for that. Nah, no, man. Got too much going on, bro. I got big things going on, bro. I was always the guy saying, yeah, I got to get with my girl. I got to have a meal. You know what, man? I never had a girl waiting for me. I never had a special meal waiting for me. All I had was a lie Mm -hmm. so that I could pretend like I was fitting in and that I was better than who I really was. Mm Mm-hmm. I couldn't understand my reality. I needed to be somebody better. Although I wasn't living a life that allowed me to be better. Right. So, you know, I hit the ground running, man. I hit I hit a meeting uh, and I... So fast. I did all those so things. So fast. I raised my hand. I introduced myself to the group. And, and by the grace of God, I never had to leave. My sobriety date is 8-15-06. And, and since then, I have not taken anything mind-altering. Nice. And uh, 
that's that's a gift of God. That's a gift of having men like this in my life. And uh, that's it. That's the story. I'm sticking the story. to it. That's our story. That's our story. It's a little bit of our story. A little bit. We kept it down to 15 minutes because yeah, we, we would have went to midnight each. Yeah. If you uh, so, listen to us all. Hopefully, uh, this is one of many, many, oh, many, many, many. I got to interrupt you real quick. What do you got? Because I wanted to say this. This morning, uh, one thing that I'm real lucky to do, the last prison that I was released oh, from, yeah. as you guys all know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was released from Carl Robinson uh, back in 09. And, and today, I'm allowed to go into that facility, and I help facilitate a group every Friday morning. Imagine. And you get to leave. It was, and I get to walk out. <laughs> Who knew? But it's, it's the same meeting that I went to every Friday yeah. for three years. Yeah. You know? So it's it's a blessing beyond blessings. Uh, but anyway, long story short, a kid today, he was talking, he was telling his story, and he said, you know, man, I, I came out of detox again, and, and, and they're, they're talking about this AA, and you know, man, it's the last place I wanted to go, but it was the only thing that would work. It's the last stop on the block, bro. You know? You know? And I, I, know, I know we've all met many, many people over the years that say, man, you know, that day ain't shit, that ain't for me. Mm -hmm. and, and I understand that. I don't even judge someone that says that because I've been there. I don't know how many times. Like, come on, man. That ain't shit. A, if you're going to AA, you're weak as mm -hmm. fuck. Yeah. AA's for quitters. B, <laughs> daddy didn't raise no quitter. It ain't going to work for me. Mm. ain't going to work for me. I'm different. So You don't know how I get down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get down. <laughs> get down with the get down. Get yeah. down. The get right. Get down to broke. But I just thought Homeless. that was real, real good. You know, the only thing that would work, and it was the last place I wanted to go. Yeah, man. You know, I... Dude, I, how many times I had to come back, not have to, but like just ended up back in these rooms, these 12-step rooms and like, fuck. But then I'd be happy to be here, you know what yeah. I mean? And then you get your shit back, you get that girl back, you get that good food in you, you get a job, clean up, shave, line it all up, get a nice edge up. Mm, I'm good, man. I'm good. good. I got what I needed. I'm going to go back out there. I know how to do this now. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah. And now I know what not to do. <laughs> yeah, what not to do. There's a, a never-ending list of what insane. not to do. So, yeah, I, man. One time, bro. That's good shit. So, uh... Yeah, man. So this is episode one of hopefully what is many, many, many. Um, hopefully we get a lot of people uh, checking us out and giving us feedback, mm. um, all that stuff. We are going to have other guests come in and uh, we're going to dive into other people's experience, strength and hope, you know, where they came from, how they got into recovery and how they stay sober and recovered. Um, we'll also have funny, like, like I said, this is going to be... You know, we wear this thing like a loose garment, man. This ain't about always being serious, 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 and oh, none of that stuff. You know, we want to make this uh, some something that we could all laugh at. You know what I mean? Um, idiot, idiot friendly. Idiot yeah. friendly. <laughs> definitely <laughs> idiot friendly. <laughs> SMRT friendly, baby. Uh, so we'll have segments like uh, one time, bro. That's going to be a segment part of the show where one of us or even our guest is going to give us a little bit of a war story as to one time I was doing this and this is what happened type of shit. I know you guys, I know you guys know what I'm talking about, um, stuff like that. So uh, you know, other things like skits that maybe that we find on YouTube of people drunk, um, falling down on their faces. I mean, let's let's be honest, man. Drunk people are funny. Yeah, funny. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. I know I was a hoot. 
Mm. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else. I was fun to be with, especially if you had money. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're stacked, we're best friends, baby. So yeah, man. That's that's what we're trying to do here, man. And uh, yeah. And and uh, let's shout out. What do we got in terms of uh, supports here? You're looking for help. Here's a number. Yeah. You know what I mean. Here you can reach out to our. To our whatever the hell people reach out to, I don't even know how this works yet, Just bro. Just call this number. That's all you yeah, call, call Jonathan. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll give Jonathan. Matter of fact, I got a guy, bro. I've had a guy my whole entire life, I man. Got you a need, guy. Yo, you need recovery, brother. I got, I got you, you, bro. bro. I, I got get you, you in somewhere. No, I I, I jive with that a hundred percent, definitely. And I could, uh, I'll edit that piece out right there. Yeah. And listen, this thing is our first show. So we don't need no smart-ass comments about how bad we were tonight. Keep it light. Word. We're, just, we're learning Word. as we go. We know man. we're bad. Dude, yeah, we do. We bad. bad. You know, we, we did bad. have this one format to follow. Jonathan <laughs> did a really great job with his AI app. Yeah, but it took too long, though. Yeah, it was horrible. We would still be introducing ourselves. But, you know, <laughs> hey, kudos to Jonathan. This was Jonathan's idea. It really was. This was Jonathan's idea. John started this. And that's my logo right there. And that's Jonathan right there. Yeah. Yeah. Show him. Because they can't see mine. Here, dude. That's Jonathan. Yeah. That's Jonathan. So which one is this? That's the king. Yeah. and I'm to do with the Gino with the Kango, son. Top with the hat. hat. Top hat. I got some crack son. in that top hat. That's where I yeah. sell all my crack from. <laughs> and then you got the rose. He's got a stem, Ooh, nice. right? That's what, stem, <laughs> that's what the stem that's what the rose actually looks like outside of the stem. Is Holy that nice? Fucking it's like shit, stem man. And, poof, it's it blooms, but we never have time. We're never looking at that because we're just trying to get that much. Blow that shit on the floor. That stupid ass rose, dude. What is so just So they can sell it in convenience stores. That's why there's a rose. They had to put. They but I don't just even know it's pipes. grass. I mean, it's glass. Is it real glass? Oh yeah, shit, you sold yeah, crack yeah. and chafe and like, because it was cheap glass. It's, it's cheap, cheap glass. Yeah, it's not expensive. Man. You yeah, gotta yeah. buy about four or five. I used to buy them before. I, before I got married, I used to buy them for my wife all the time. Before I got married to her, my my ex wife, I used to buy it for her all the time. Like, hey, I bought your rose, and then every once in a while she'd be like, I lost the rose you gave me. I don't know. I'm like, damn, let's buy you another one. Why? <laughs> That way you always do Horrible that one another rose. <laughs> another rose. Baby, I got you another rose, baby. Oh, got you another God. rose. Save this. Don't crack it. Save. Don't break this one. Don't break it. <laughs> no. Oh, no. you leave it in the... I got you these little scrubby things you can wash your dishes with, too. <laughs> <laughs> you like that picture I she sent never did. Week? She never washed the dishes. Um, Remember I sent the picture? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The cleaner. The bag of chore bowl. I'm like, that'll last a week right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Socially unacceptable, but sober. This is the podcast. So, oh, let me let me shout out. I mean, they'll be in some of these links here, but I set up so far. Um, we got a uh, the the you're listening into it somewhere, obviously. Uh, Hopefully, Spotify or um, Apple Apple Podcasts or uh, Google Play. But we're also we got the video per- portion of this up on the old YouTube, and that's at. S-U-B-S podcast. That's our YouTube account. We got some Instagrams going on at subs podcast one. And then we're going to have uh, a Patreon coming up maybe down the line if we get some following and we get some good stuff going. But uh, that's what we got that, that far. Oh, and our email. You want to send us anything? You got questions, comments, feedback? Uh, subs podcast one at gmail.com word <laughs> little fun fact you know where the name subs came from jonathan 
Ah, oh, I was told this at one point. Tell them. Used to be our bowling name. Oh, it was the bowling name. Yeah, so the bowling. bowling league. And believe me, they didn't like us. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, I don't they know. They couldn't it's... wait for that season to be over, boy. You know, I think hemorrhoids and hernias are is a good runner up <laughs> to that. I mean, maybe I was high we... the whole entire time on that bowling league. Oh. The whole entire time, I was completely blasted out of my mind, except for when we were bowling, because I knew these dudes would know. And I'd come every week and be like, oh, guys, shit, I forgot my wallet. I never had money. They, they covered me every dudes. week. And then one time I had a warrant, and I was on the bowling league, and Mike W. was bringing me home. And I was like, yo, Mike, 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 pass my house, bro. Pass my house. Oh, I guess this is a one-time bro segment. <laughs> Here we go. So I'm like, Mike, pass the house, pass the house. He's like, why? I'm like, detectives around the side of the house. He's like, how the hell are you? I'm like, Mike, just pass, bro. Just bring me down the block. So I Uber pass. So I get out of the car. I get out of the car. I run up the backyard and I go in the house and I'm thinking I'm scot-free. All of a sudden, oh, shit, man. It's like 12 o'clock at night. I'm like, damn. I was like, as long as nobody wakes up, my... At the time, my wife was sleeping. My my um, four year old son was sleeping. She was pregnant. She wakes up. She's like, "Somebody's." I'm like, "Shh, that's the cops." She's like, "Why would the cops?" Be? I'm like, "Shut the fuck up. It's just believe. Just go back to bed. As long as we don't answer the door, they'll go away." So she goes back to bed. And they were relentless. Just kept knocking, kept knocking. Now my son, I could hear him start to whimper. As soon as she hears that, Mama Bear gets up and she's like, "I'm gonna get the door." I'm like. I'm telling you right now, it's the cops. And she's just like, I don't know why the cops. I don't know. I don't know why. She didn't know about the warrant? I told her right away what the warrant was about because I didn't want her to answer the door. I said, remember that time? Remember that time? Remember the time? Well, I did it. And they're looking for me. And you can't (laughs) answer the door. It was me. So So she gets fed up and she goes up to the door. She says, who is it? I'm like, I'm done. So she was like, oh, I'm looking for a man, like acting like a Mexican or some foreigner. She's like, it's some foreigner looking for you. I'm like, it's the cops. I'm like, and now they're not going to go away. So she's like, I'm just going to see what they want. I'm like, oh, shit. So she goes to open the door. I start running out the back. I know they're going to be in the back, but they don't know what I got. I'm about to run through the sunscreen porch, through the screen, roll down the hill, run to the block. They ain't catching me in the block. So as soon as I, she opens the door, I head out the door. I turn around because I hear, oh, they tackled my pregnant wife, dude, to the ground, right? Oh, God. They're in my four-year-old's room, guns and flashlights oh. with my four-year-old on the ground. I see and hear all that. I turn around, dude. I'm like, I felt like Steve Austin, dude, million-dollar man, tackled the cop that was on top of my wife, got on top of him, my knees on his shoulders, Pummel on them, dude. With everything I got, they tased me. I don't know they tased me. <laughs> I feel that shit. Want to know how I found out they tased me? The marks. The pepper spray. Oh, pepper spray reminded me that I was getting tased. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> uh, so they got me, man. They got they got the tater. Uh, yeah, that was that's the bowling league. Yeah, I was playing bowl, bowling that night, and that's <laughs> I was playing bowling. I was that playing night. bowling that was night playing with the sober the guys. Acting like I was sober over here at the old Lakewood, uh, Lakewood Lane. Lakewood 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 Lane. Charlie, Charlie, uh, Lanza. Lanza. Yeah, my father used to work for the original Charlie. No shit. Yeah. His dad. Charlie's a good dude, man. I don't know Charlie. He's a good dude. It's a good dude. 
All right, boys. His we father had... used to own a supermarket, Lanza's Market. Oh, yeah. That's what I, I, got... I remember Lanza's Market, man. Yeah, but that was we weren't oh, blowing we up their spot. <laughs> Yo, you're you're not only a uh, <laughs> what are you the artist? You like drawing? Now you're I'm gonna a, have I'm you're gonna like drawer. editing now. <laughs> I'm the, I'm like the thing you put clothes into the drawer, <laughs> and I'm also the video editor. Yeah, so we're we're a three man team doing this. No production crew back here, as despite the way it well, looks. We're how, a one man team when it comes to the production. How yeah, great yeah, yeah. it looks yeah. as professional. We got the lights and stuff, man. We yeah. did a hell of a job. Hopefully we this gets big, man. Hopefully we reach a lot of people, man. We get yeah. a big crowd. We get great. We are willing to take anybody and anybody that is willing to come and hang out with us for an hour. Hell yeah, bro. You hell know what yeah. I mean? As you long as you're socially can... unacceptable but sober, you're more than welcome. Well, we had that discussion about just... We're not going to go there. What, um... <laughs> Someone asked me today about... What, you know you can make money doing this? I said... Give a fuck about the money. I said, that's the last thing on our brains. I said, the only thing that I'm really concerned about... Is it this, this just gives us another platform to get the message out there, but to get it out there in a way that idiots like us can hear it. Mm. Because not everybody receives the message the same way. Right. Mm. And, you know, in an open meeting, wherever you may find yourself, there's always tends to be some constriction, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And here we can act a fool all we want, but, you know, the, the end result is to see you know, just because sobriety happens man life doesn't end life begins mm. this is i didn't know what it meant to laugh with my friends mm. before i got sober Gut i would laughing. go through the motions of laugh but i never knew what it meant to feel good enough to want to laugh mm. and with these two clowns all we do is crack up i'm still a hoot <laughs> don't pollute don't pollute i'm still a hoot all right, man. What's yeah. up with that? What's up with that? Um, yo, we're we're hitting we're hitting a, uh, a we just hit the hour mark on the recording spot nice, here, nice. brothers. And and oh, you should shout this out. Shout this out. This is recorded on a cell phone. <laughs> Got all. He's a fucking hell of a guitarist, but you know what? He records this shit. We'll have him. Uh, we'll have him show up on the show and tell his story sometime. This guy, this famous artist. Yeah, he's famous. Guys, have a great night. Yeah, brother. Stay sober. Stay sober. Get pulled over. Peace. <laughs>